this money that is sent back home to the families that need it, it's like a transfer of prosperity. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UNS Trade and Development Body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at remittances and the importance and evolution of these payments for development and the global economy. Around the world, migrant workers send home at least three times more money than their countries get from overseas development assistance. That helps to reduce poverty, improve nutrition, and broaden access to education and opportunities. In some developing countries, remittances account for more than 10 or 15 or even 20% of the overall economy. With technology transforming the movement of money, here now to talk about the costs and opportunities of remittances is economist Bruno Antunes from UNCTAD's Trading Systems, Services and Creative Economy branch. Over the last 10 years, Bruno has focused on how the services sector can contribute to sustainable development. He's very proud of two achievements in particular, his children, Mia and Daniel. Well, welcome to the show again, Bruno. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you back. Now, why are remittances such a powerful force in the economy and how can they transform lives? Remittances are the money that people away from their countries send back home. And this is really important. Let's think on how many people are away from their countries. We have more than 250 million international migrants. This is not counting the internally displaced people who would go to a much higher number. Hmm. The 250 million people alone would make the fifth largest country in the world. And according to the World Bank, in 2022, these migrants sent to the whole world $831 billion back home. This was more than Swiss GDP. And in fact, we only have 19 countries with a GDP higher than remittances. This money that is sent back home To the families that need it, it's like a transfer of prosperity directly for those who need it the most. People, as you said, use this money for household expenses, for education, for health, for getting out of poverty sometimes. And remittances, even when the country of origin is in a worse situation, they can remain stable or even increase. People will help more their families when they are in a worse situation. Not alone that remittances help gender empowerment. Women that receive remittances are able to affirm themselves in the society. Sounds very glowing. There are also, I know, some darker sides or downsides of remittances. Are they living up to their potential and how could they be made better? Oh, yes. Even if we look at the glass half full, Mm. half that needs to be filled. And there is something that could be made better. Let's look at three examples. In the countries of destination, there's much to be done to improve the lives of migrant workers, to improve their conditions of employment. In the countries of origin, there's definitely much more that can be done to offer options to people sending remittances and to people uh, receiving remittances to use that 
private money into productive investments in the country, in pooling those resources for infrastructure development. There's still a lot to do in reducing the cost of remittances. The global average cost for sending remittances in 2023 was 6.2%. Now, the good news is that we came down from 9.7% in 2009. The Sustainable Development Goals, they also recognize the importance of remittances by asking that the costs of remittances transferred are reduced by 2030 to 3%. So if we are still in the realm of 6%, there is still a long way to go. And this cost, it's also very different from the region to where the money is transferred to. For example, it remains around 4% to remittances transferred to South Asia, but still close to 8% in remittances transferred to Sub-Saharan Africa. So much has to be done to reduce these costs so they can really, at the end, do what we want, which is to help people getting out of poverty and improving their lives. We need to work on more transparency in remittances costs so people can choose which provider to use, more financial literacy so people are also more informed mm. of what they can do. Of course, more access to financial services, more financial inclusion, more competition in remittance services providers so that prices can go down. And also, I would finish by highlighting the need for proportionality in regulation meaning that more relaxed regulation should be considered for smaller remittances amounts. Regulations are important because we have wider objectives to consider, financial stability, security, etc. But then these smaller remittances amounts, then common sense needs to kick in. Now, that, of course, is just the official channels. There's also the unofficial channels. Yes, and still we have insufficient information on that. So one of the other areas in which we have to still progress deeply is on having more information, more data on how remittances are transferred. All that is necessary so that the policies can be designed to really help the people that move. Technology obviously is advancing all the time. How is it improving access to financial services for migrant workers and their families? It is improving and we want to improve more. In 2023, the cost of transferring digital remittances at global level was 4.6%. This compares to a cost of 6.9%, so much higher, of the cost of transferring non-digital remittances. So it's not only much more efficient, but it also allows for a broader coverage. Somebody in a rural area who has no chance to access a brick-and-mortar financial provider to transfer money. But now many of them have the option to use their mobile phone and transfer money with it. So it has a higher coverage and a lower cost. So also growing fast, but it's foreseen to grow much more. The thing is, of course, for digital financial inclusion to be able to fulfill the inclusion part of it, we need to address the digital divide that still keeps some people away from benefiting from this important improvement. Where is trade, investment, collaboration most needed then in the remittances space to get them to the level they should be? 
That is a very, very important question. It highlights what Angtat can do and is doing, but also because it establishes the bridge between the sustainable development agenda and the migration agenda. You know, these two important global agendas are, in fact, the two sides of the same objective, which is to improve lives of people all around the world, to bring prosperity, as Angtat wants, to all people around the world. So there's some gains to be achieved if we look at them together. Trade in particular, for example, can be useful because trade agreements and trade cooperation frameworks can help to support the temporary mobility of people. For uh, the um, services experts, these trade agreements can define or improve the way in which skills are mutually recognized between countries, and this helps people to move. So it facilitates this move and therefore the remittances that come with it. International trade can also be important because we are saying all the time that people need to have access to financial services to be able to transfer their remittances. Well, those providers of financial services are quite often foreign providers. Sometimes the country doesn't have the whole capacity to provide those services at the level that is needed, and international trade can help to have access to those financial services that are important to transfer remittances. There's an important connection between trade policies and migration policies with an impact on remittances, which uh, has to do with the fact that um, migration can boost trade flows between countries because the diaspora and the diaspora networks can transmit information about work, business, and education opportunities, information that reduces trade barriers, that reduces trade-related transaction costs. And engaging the diaspora will not only help for this information to flow better, which will facilitate trade and remittances. So both policies should come hand in hand. Thank you so much for that. It's very informative. That was Unctad's Bruno Antunes, who was this week's guest. Tune into the Weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.